0: see with the same
1: your castle just like in a fairy tale i just couldn't live with myself
0: so don't pretend this is a happy ending selena selena kyle you're fired and bruce wayne why are you dressed up like madman Because he is Batman, you moron. Was
1: Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And tis the season to be jolly. We are starting our new trilogy with, I would imagine, one of the more popular choices, Batman Returns. When was the last time you saw Tim Burton's version of Batman, Mike? Actually, let me tack on to that. Did you enjoy Burton's version of Batman?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so much so I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually doing another podcast uh, eighty nine episodes on batman eighty nine like in all the all the movies that came after that because uh for m- my age group, which I think can kind of include you, uh, this was the first big movie of my childhood. Star Wars came before my time, and I caught up with it on video. But I have a distinct memory of the, the Tim Burton Batman seeing it at the drive in. And it was the first movie I was aware of um before my you know before that my parents would say, Hey, we're taking you to the movies and I'd be like, Oh, cool, I love movies. <laughs> like you didn't care yeah. what it was. <laughs> that was the first one I remember saying, I know Batman is coming. I know it's coming on this date. You have to take me to see it. So that that's the first experience I have Uh, From my memory of the anticipation of a film coming and wanting to see it on opening weekend and like Star Wars or or I guess Jaws before it, uh, you know, it set a new standard as far as that opening weekend got to see it mentality. To answer your first question, I was about to preface it by saying, like, don't (laughs) don't don't take this as a, a clue on my feelings of the films, but I don't think that I've gone back to watch. Uh, the Burton Batman's since probably Batman begins came out and they started releasing like, uh, they started releasing DVDs at that time with a lot of extra features. Uh, a lot of documentaries, uh, Burton himself was very candid <laughs> about his, um, you know, what he perceived as his own failings in bringing this character to the screen uh, and his successes. You know, it, it was interesting, uh, special features there. Uh, But even though I bought them probably on a Black Friday in Blu-ray, I upgraded them to high def, I don't think uh, until this podcast I'd gone back to watch Returns. I'm pretty sure I'd watched 89 the the first one, even though uh, I'm one of the people that prefers uh, Batman Returns to Batman 89. And I remember that being kind of divisive when I was a kid. Because it was seen as the dark one, which is funny when you get Jack Nicholson's Joker and you're like, wait a minute, that was not dark? He's throwing acid on women's faces. But I don't know if it's the Christmas thing to go back to our our month that we're doing here like everyone else. If they're, you know, I I guess a noble uh, podcaster doing Christmas movies. I I don't know, but I just remember as a kid the distinct memory that was like, this was too far. (laughs) And so then what you're going to get is Schumacher. (laughs) He's going to come in and clean this up (laughs) and make it nice and, uh, packageable for a McDonald's happy meal. Uh, which is still a little bit unfair because I, I still have some of those Batman Returns McDonald's cups somewhere. They're, they're faded and they're cherished. Um, but yeah, it had been a while. It had been, that's 15 years if I'm going back to Batman Begins since I had experienced this in full. Uh, and actually the special features
1: on Batman Returns, uh, it's, it's the, I think the second or third part of a, a much longer Batman documentary series. It's kind of like, uh, it's wonderful to create, uh, the Kurosawa one that, uh, is released in every single Criterion Kurosawa. They have one for the original Batman films, uh, from Burton to Schumacher. And for this specific version, uh, about Batman Returns, everything ultimately is very apologetic. And Burton himself says, after the movie, we were in talks about a third one, and he started talking about all his ideas, and he could tell that the (laughs) vibe in the room was very much like, uh, we would like for you to not be involved. (laughs) I think even they felt it was a little too idiosyncratic. Uh, my, My ideal version of that meeting is somebody just blurting out, Who even invited you to this meeting?
0: (laughs) I I want that to have occurred. That you, uh, you, you kind of got this out of your system, Timmy, and you were going to move on to (laughs) bigger and better things. Uh, which is funny because I don't think he even really wanted to come back for a sequel, but you know, it made too much fucking money. Uh, so you have to, to bring him back. Uh, but I, I think this is where he, um, this is where he lets his freak flag fly though. Uh, even more so, and I think that's what I always liked about it uh, this absolutely is him you're right he did not want to
1: come back and do another Batman film. He found like he legitimately thought he's like i i don't know what else to say about Batman that i didn't already say in the first one, and what uh excited him about it is the ability to be like let 's not make a batman film let's make a Burton film and yes. that's and he went. All in on that, uh, I and I think to varying degrees of success. For me, uh, ooh. okay, so I love Batman. I love Batman so much. Like I'm in the forensic science field because you know, I, very early on in my life, like I, I grew up with um, Paul Dini and. And Bruce Timm's Batman animated series. And I had, I think, seen scenes of the Batman uh, films that Burton made. And so obviously, you know, Danny Elfman's score, very iconic. And so it all kind of led to that. For me, like you said, Batman was that one. For me, it was Jurassic Park. That was the big um, milestone movie that I can remember as being kind of the first one for me. So uh, just a few
0: years later. You just have to get in a dick there that you're younger. That's what you're doing. Call oh, my old. God. Yep. Just just <laughs> there, slightly. But you're calling me old. I, I see what you're saying there. <laughs> that is not true
1: at all. And in fact, I, I go through great lengths. To make sure I crop this video Skype so like you know you can't see my, my my very
0: balding scalp. Well, I'm wearing a cap, so I don't know what you're saying about me. But I'm as a, <laughs> my co-host on Marcus Blade Hiro. He says I'm going for a Costner, like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves Costner, because it's oh, thinning on yeah. top, but it's, it's it's luscious in the back is what's happening here. You got yes, it's also yes. Uh, pandemic times was I am you know doing my part to not so no haircut pity my wife please i mean she's she's really suffering
1: (laughs) well yeah my wife just i don't know she's like can we please buy some clippers and we did and so she she's the one who takes care of it now ultimately i don't care i want to go full larry david at some point and then eventually i guess full danny devito penguin (laughs) you know that's the that's the end goal of Danny DeVito Penguin obviously I mean I think uh, I mean he was told like a year prior to uh pre-production like oh Danny DeVito would be great in this and he knew about it that that he was being
0: um touted as kind of the, the person to play Penguin very different from uh I believe Jonah Hill and the new Batman uh, was approached to be the penguin and yeah. he's like fuck you <laughs> why do i gotta be the penguin whereas Dane devito's like yeah that sounds about right uh, i also read that uh nicholson got in his ear and was like you can make a lot of fucking money doing this shit <laughs> yeah was no dummy
1: absolutely yeah. no
0: it, it, raking it in the movie did a, a
1: really good business um and that's the thing when we think about batman returns ultimately we all we think about images and um, uh, costumes, and we have this idea of what the film was. Uh, Danny DeVito's uh, um, performance. We've got the Michelle Pfeiffer, the outfit.
0: Um, and to a lesser extent, I guess, Chris Watkins, Max Shrek. Who is that supposed to be, by the way? Wasn't that supposed to be, be an actual Batman character?
1: It was actually Harvey Dent. Okay, and they wanted to kind of yeah. Yeah, work in Two Face. I think Billy D. Williams was originally. Um, Discussed, but uh, it got to the point where there were just too many characters in the movie. And, you know, thankfully they cut it out. But honestly, I still think there's too many characters in this movie. And all the time spent uh, with them has very little to do with any of their motivations, anything to deal with, like, plot. There's very little development happening. Burton was just very hell bent on having his little animal motif with that cat. (laughs) bird just over and over to the point where I genuinely don't think it makes any sense. Like, maybe it makes sense in terms of, yes, these characters, I guess, are, for whatever reason, represented by these animals, but it doesn't have any grander meaning. This movie doesn't mean anything, (laughs) and and (laughs) there's no semblance of (laughs) momentum or, like, proper narrative.
0: Okay, you're, you're being you're being a little harsh there. You're you're, you're trying to to escort Tim Burton off the lot. Uh, you're you're getting revenge <laughs> here as you, as you role play this fantasy of being in the room uh, when he's you know he's he's directed. I guess the darkest version <laughs> of Batman that the American public right. had uh, had seen at that point. I'll agree with you on you know the thing that stands out to me is Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, and that was the the character mm-hmm. that really. I think took off. I remember there being some talk at the time of like, they're going to do a Catwoman spinoff, which is, I don't know if that's like, is it good or bad that Hollywood pre Marvel would show some restraint if they're like, eh, that, you know, that that's easy money, but we don't quite have it yet. Now, granted, they eventually came out with the Halle Berry version, which I've not seen, but I think that's well regarded as uh as trash. <laughs> yeah. But it always felt, felt like a missed opportunity, but in some ways it made this film more special because uh, she is so iconic as Catwoman. Like what she brought to the table, uh, for my money, rivals like Nicholson's Joker at that time. And that's not to knock Dan DeVito as the Penguin, but, you know, the Penguin is never going to be a character that a kid wants to be the penguin like you know you can see yourself wanting to be the joker you can see yourself wanting to be catwoman they're cool looking characters and they say cool things the penguin is you know telling disturbing jokes where the punchline is biting a man's nose off his face like that's you know what what is there as a kid that you're like oh that guy can i can i be him when we go to to recess today uh i felt like whoever was the penguin was drawing the, the short straw But to your point of it not making sense, the Catwoman-Penguin marriage, uh, that scene where she's on his bed and she proposes some kooky, you know, criminal marriage of sorts to get Batman. It feels like we're redlining a lot there because I'm I'm still wondering what, what does this version of Selina Kyle, who basically is out for revenge against her boss who killed her threw her uh, out a window and she has the the Tim Burton Catwoman origin where cats revive her and give her nine lives. Um, What does she really care if Batman's in the way? Because the only introduction (laughs) prior to that is Batman seems to you know, I'm sorry for uh, you know this is a family show, but it seems like he's he's working on a pretty good boner for Catwoman there, and that he just seems like a guy that's just yeah. intrigued more than he is. I'm going to stop her from blowing up buildings. I don't think he gets a chance to stop crime because he's just starstruck. So I, I on rewatch, I was like, ooh, that's not problematic in the you know. The film twitter version of problematic is just problematic from a script point of view where i'm like why would catwoman want to hang out with the fucking penguin it doesn't make sense to me right
1: well and then you know at the end of the movie he's trying to play up the fact that it's like oh we i, I think what we have something is special why don't you just come back and and chill out in my mansion with me it's like
0: so much this Bruce. is properly set up <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, we know, you find her attractive, we get it, but man, you're ripping off the mask, you're giving Alfred shit earlier in the movie for letting his actual girlfriend into the uh, the Batcave, and look at him, he, he sees Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, and he's, he takes off the cowl, he's ready to go.
1: Okay, so he doesn't fight much crime in the film, but here's a few things he does do, and I've made note of this, he lights Kills somebody people. on fire with, <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> straps dynamite to a guy and lets him explode. He doesn't save a lady that's falling to her death and just kind of watches her fall. And uh, he also uh, DJs yeah, a, a little shindig. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, Batman, uh, one of the things that people complained about apparently was that there there wasn't enough Batman in this Batman movie. And, and Burton was like, well, I, I couldn't fit any more Batman in there. I don't know what else for him to do. It's like, dude, you have him doing all the wrong things. <laughs> like, there's a reason
0: <laughs> why people are upset. <laughs> Uh, he, he is committing the uh, the sin of, you know, I think what most probably leading men have found when they, they get to be Batman leading up to uh, Ben Affleck is that in some degrees, it's a thankless part. It's cool to be cast as Batman. It's cool to say that you were Batman. Yes. But the actual process of being involved in whatever story surrounds that character, uh, you're definitely not having the most fun. And that's that's true of going back to eighty nine with Nicholson as Joker. It's true here with Michelle Pfeiffer, uh as Catwoman. Uh I don't know, when we get into the Schumacher stuff, I, I, fuck I don't know. Arnold's having fun. As <laughs> Mr. Freeze, I guess. So even even the ones that aren't well regarded, he seems like he's having a more enjoyable time certainly than Clooney. Uh so yeah, I mean I I think that Burton and it's different from the Marvel movies where you know they have the opposite problem where the, the accusation is the villains suck. Uh, And it seems like the interest is about the heroes themselves. So, you know, it can go uh, to two different extremes. I tend to be more forgiving of, you know, this Burton verse Batman uh, in that clearly, um, what, 30 years after the fact now? We're going to get plenty of versions of Batman on the screen. And maybe at the time I could see fans being appalled because it's like this was our one shot (laughs) like they finally bring batman (laughs) it was a big hit and now you're ruining it but now maybe it's a product getting older but you know I, i think that even when something goes awry like with Zack snyder's version of the character hell they're gonna they're gonna have multiple versions of batman running around at the same time on the screen so you know what i think that uh now is the time to be a little more forgiving. It is Christmas. It's our Christmas month. Web,
1: what do you got against <laughs>
0: Tim Burton here? You know what, what, what's wrong with you? He gave you Big Fish. I, you know, okay, yeah. I haven't seen Big Fish in a long
1: time, but I do remember really liking it. I, I'm very wishy washy with with Burton because there are times when I think that his uh, personal uh, brand of I don't want to call it whimsy, but odd poppy goth. Like he's tries to make this like uh, his, his, the gothic images more fun. The, like, in, like in Beetlejuice, um, uh, even, even darker stuff like Sweeney Todd. I dug Sweeney Todd quite a bit. I like the musical. So immediately I like Les Mis, it's like, I, I don't love Les Mis the movie. I love the musical, but I'm willing to forgive the film's faults because I enjoy the the content.
0: Um, I didn't think anyone and, was I mean, willing to forgive... Was it Tom Hooper? The one that stole Fincher's uh, Oscar? Yes. Jesus yes. Christ. <laughs> Unforgivable web.
1: You know, I think I think Ed Wood is probably the one everybody can all agree to. It's like, this is it. This is the perfect amount of Tim Burton. <laughs> and then you've got all these varying levels. Uh, and I go back and forth. Like, I hate Beetlejuice. I think it is so obnoxious. Dude,
0: come on. I Now, I... Hung you out to dry, uh, partially last month for saying, "Hey, you came out of the gates swinging on Ghost World." The numbers tanked. Uh, it also could be the election. I'm giving you that. Now you're saying Beetlejuice sucks. This is the first episode of the month. We gotta we gotta play it cool. You're pulling a Bruce Wayne here. You're you're talking to our listeners like they're Catwoman. Like hey, we can just go right now if you want to. Oh yeah, and guess what? I hate Beetlejuice, a beloved film. I hate it.
1: Okay, okay. How about this? I don't hate it, but I find it annoying, and will never watch it again.
0: How about that? Well, right. right, hate is a
1: strong word.
0: Here, let me flip that back around on you. So we're both Batman people, right? We, any version yes. of it, we'll yes. be interested in. Yeah, you know, we'll have our qualms with how they handle the character, whatever. What do you think? Like, so your average joke? Because obviously, this crossed over. Like a lot of the successful Batman movies crossed over. Probably the the Dark Knight trilogy, the Christian Bale one. I would say is the most effective at reaching the non comic book audience because they treat them as crime movies. Um, (laughs) What do you think the average Joe coming to watch Batman returns (laughs) got from the Batman character? If this was their first experience with the, you know, that, that simple, the chest, because I, I feel like having watched the, the first one with Nicholson, the Joker, it's a far cry from this one as far as like, well, okay, it's a little weird that a guy chooses to dress up as a bat, but, you know, they don't really get into the motivation too much, and his family was killed, and he's lonely, and he's rich. <laughs> Here, you've got this weird origin story of a penguin baby killing a cat on Christmas from his <laughs> yeah. parents in the crib. They send him off. Uh, it's very biblical. He's going down the, the water into the sewer. He's raised by actual... <laughs> <laughs> that end up becoming his <laughs> army right. with rockets attached to them. Like, what is, like, I'm trying to imagine what my father thought when he took me to see this and just looked at his son with great despair at what <laughs> what I was going to become. Well,
1: I, I, one of the things that <laughs> also in the documentary was that through uh, multiple viewings, you had kids coming out of the screenings crying like they had just gotten punched in the stomach. <laughs> 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 that's the way that it was described on the documentary that was it tickled me the right way i was like yeah it makes makes a lot of sense and, and you know through all of that being raised by the by penguins and everything
0: there are two things motivating the penguin and that's fish and poontang actual line that's an actual line of dialogue from max shrek yeah i had to stop <laughs> i stopped and took a picture of that with my uh fancy new iphone web i mean that's that's what i'm putting all this technology to use for is to take a really <laughs> shitty picture of my television screen with subtitles because i thought i had misheard i'm like there did christopher walken just say this to the fucking penguin did he just say poontang to the penguin he did i don't know who to blame for that uh maybe if annette binning was on set she would she would have classed oh that goodness. put a stop to it Certainly. And you know what? That's one of the things
1: I find most interesting about this, the alternate versions mm. of what Batman Returns could have been, ending as Catwoman. At one point, uh, Meryl Streep was thrown around as Catwoman, mm. and <laughs> and Tim Burton said that, no, we're not going to hire her because she's too old, despite the fact that, that was it, it was a non-issue with Nicholson. The fact that he was too old to play that role he was like well what if you... and I think the quote was like well, when you have someone with the talent level of Nicholson, you have to hire him as Not if Street. like Meryl <laughs> Streep is just." <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, Batman Returns is one big what if, which is, it's close to the Snyder versions of DC, honestly, where it's like, what? okay, well, they clearly, <laughs> they just let whoever was the director in charge, <laughs> put their vision on screen, and you could see different points where someone could have raised their hands and been like, hmm, I don't know, this is a bit much here. And that's, I guess that's the argument for the Snyder cut, is like, they went so far you can't put up roadblocks now. You have to just, just let it play itself out. I can't imagine yeah. a somewhat mangled, let's bring in Joss Whedon version of Batman Returns where they try to lighten the mood and they're like, "Do we do more Poontane jokes? Do we go more with that?" <laughs> yeah, I guess that's no, what I'm saying. That's... Is I defend this film in that regard, in that they just let it happen. This is what Burton wanted to do, so be it.
1: And that's where I'm in 100% agreement with you. You're right. Like, I I think that the first Batman, 89 Batman, is a more watchable film Mm, for me, and I think for more uh, mainstream audiences, because it does have a plot, and there's momentum, and you're going from A to B to C, and of course, Nicholson is obviously very captivating on screen, uh, even when he's dancing in a museum. There's, uh, there's, (laughs) I hate to use the word, but there's logic to that film with return. You're really inside Burton's mind. And for better, for worse, I am glad they ultimately did let him do what he wanted to do because no matter what it is, I'm ultimately very pro director's vision. Like I want to see what comes out of that person's mind and what comes out of that person's imagination, uh, rather than getting a bunch of executives together and, uh, saying oh let's let's focus group this and this and this i want to see what this one individual has to say i think batman returns just as a batman movie like is a complete failure but as a burton movie (laughs) is a rousing success
0: merry christmas the fact that it (laughs) isn't tit listeners complete (laughs) failure to start (laughs) off our month let me also point out (laughs) let me point out ghost world's on me so I, i i accept that 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 party foul this is what movie you wanted to do. You insisted we start well, with Batman Returns. I I did not insist.
1: I merely threw it out there because it is Christmas time and it's a rare opportunity for us to talk about Batman on Trilogy and Theory. Uh, I should put my other
0: podcast. Please go to the Grand Gesture where when we cover Batman Returns for Christmas, it will be a love letter of how <laughs> it is a cherished holiday oh classic. Oh gosh. And Webb. How... Where do you mentioned. come up
1: with these picks? You saddled <laughs> me with Hellboy, and yet you're choosing Batman Returns. Grand Gesture is a complete Burton nightmare. <laughs> that's, that's what it is in a podcast. No, just I'm just playing. <laughs> that is, a, that is
0: a, a you know the the hatred that you're spewing is all self hatred because <laughs> you were on that Hellboy episode, sir. <laughs> it's like you. Were you were invited to a party. <laughs> you just came around. I don't know what the hell to do. You gave me this impossible task <laughs>
1: uh, to to try to turn Hellboy into this this you know rom com, and I uh, and, and I didn't even like the movie to begin with. But this is all going to get cut out. I don't want to get slammed for this one episode for hitting Burton hitting <laughs> you know, but being okay with Les Mis. <laughs> <laughs> All all of my credibility goes right out the window. Even though I'm, you know, throwing in the fact that I watched Kurosawa documentaries for every release, whatever, it doesn't matter. This guy this guy doesn't enjoy a del Toro like well, Oh, I'm glad we started this month with a giant coal in your stocking. <laughs> That'd <would> be Webb. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and the coal's name is Webb. <laughs>
1: kill poontang's expensive that's why when it comes to chicks i just screw them and leave them i say get out of my bedroom poontank before you suck my life dry